Hello, and welcome to the Neff Canyon Ward podcast. My name is Tyler Slade, and I'm excited to bring you all the cool people of our neighborhood and ward. The goal of this podcast is for all of us to get to know each other better, to create unity through sharing our experiences with others in the gospel. Well, we're happy to be with Daryl and Shirley Hart tonight and uh, to continue with our interviewing of uh, great couples in the ward, people that have a great history of service and, uh, and support for not only their family, but other families in the ward. I know my family's been a great recipient of both Daryl and Shirley's uh, service in the ward over the years. And so we're looking forward to having a great discussion with you tonight. And we'd like to kind of start out by maybe you telling us a little bit about your beginnings, where you were born, your parents, and how life got started for you. All right. Uh, first off, we need to say that uh, she made me marry her. <laughs> but that's coming. <laughs> uh, my, my, uh, uh, my early years, I was an only child. Uh, my mother had a great difficulty to getting me here. And they didn't want to take another risk. Uh, so that was a, a kind of a, an opportunity for me to um, sort of get a lot of special attention because I was the one. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I was kind of a skinny kid. Uh, I found that um, as the guys would get together when we were in the uh, ages of, of uh, 10, 11, 12, you know, playing ball and stuff, and I didn't have a, a, a dad that was really athletic uh, in that sense. And I really became quite upset one time when I was about, well, maybe 9 to 10, because there was a, a sand lot uh, down the street a ways where the, uh, later on a church was, a, a different church was built there. Uh, but typically I was the last one or two chosen, uh, which meant uh, frustration, uh, and I was one of the last because uh, I'd strike out, or I would, you know, it was, it was a challenge. So I became quite frustrated with um, uh, my f friends, uh, and my mother said, Daryl, would you like to learn how to play the piano? And I fussed and said, well, well okay. But that's been an interesting uh, go for me, because I started out in a young way uh, playing the piano, and when I was in the seventh grade, we graduated from an elementary school and I was the uh, only one that, that uh, played the piano there at that elementary school. I was, uh, so I got a little recognition and that was a, an interesting uh, kind of uh, turnaround. Uh, it was interesting because the junior high school band leader was there and he said, hmm, let's see, a uh, bit of a piano player. He, I need to have him in the, the junior high band. So the next step was I got a clarinet. 
so now I'm playing clarinet and still fussing with my piano. Uh, and that was, uh, that gave me a sense of uh, okayness. I was skinny. I do remember at times running home uh, with a bloody nose uh, because I was one of the smaller ones and I didn't have peers to fight with me, uh, to toughen, toughen me up. Uh, my, my dad was uh, the assistant postmaster for Ogden, uh, and he was a great guy. He was a, he was a, a, a mountain kind of guy, but uh, he was not <coughs> athletic at all. So anyway, so you grew uh, up in Ogden then. You grew up in Ogden, yeah. And which high school did you go to? Uh, I went to uh, junior high. It was Mount Fort. High school was Ogden High. Ogden High. Uh, in fact, Spent Seckles and I were in the same class at one point, mm. and it was really interesting because uh, he said, "Hey, let's get out of here. We're in English class. Let's get out of here. Let's get up and go skiing." Mm -hmm. I said, "Well." I've got a job with Safeway cutting up chicken, and I've got to take that job. And he said, all right, I'll go without it. <laughs> so and I still tease Spence Eccles, even the ward, about the fact that I, <laughs> he went skiing while I cut up chicken. <laughs> <laughs> and that was really sort of uh, our life. Um, Spence is one year ahead of me, but we were in the same English class. Um, so, <laughs> um, the uh, Mound Fort was the junior high, and uh, I got into playing a clarinet because that's what the guy wanted me to do. Uh, and that clarinet got me into, however, a BYU scholarship. Huh. Uh, so that was kind of nice. Uh, because I was in the orchestra and band for, for at BYU. So uh, as we progressed, uh, uh, two years at uh, uh, Ogden High School and uh, then uh, on into uh, a first job with the uh, job. Uh, it was a BYU uh, acceptance on a scholarship as a clarinetist in in the orchestra went there and, and two years later it was time to go on a mission uh, the mission was really quite exciting my uh, father's uh, parents came from Holland separately in their early 20s and ended up meeting each other in Ogden Utah they had, uh, it was interesting, quite a challenge for them independently in their early, early uh, 20s, independently from two different parts of, of uh, Holland. Uh, but uh, it turned out really well for them. Uh, and of course, my father was, was the first child from that union, as they met together, they, you know, when you got folks immigrating from different locations, while they were both Dutch, they, when they found out that ah, there's a small little group of about seven to eight uh, Dutch people, so they get together, and before long they marry, uh, and uh, 
So my father was a product of that. Um, and that, as a result, uh, at the time of my mission, uh, they looked for people who were uh, connected in some way to another country, if possible. So I was sent to Holland, which was a great opportunity. Oh, how fun. Because I had family over there. Yeah. Uh, my grandfather, of course, had brothers and uh, uh, other young people. So we were easily hooked together. Did you know Dutch when you went over? Uh, I knew a few words because okay. they would. Uh, my, my father spent his time, his mission in Holland, mm -hmm. uh, and so Dutch was spoken in the uh, in the home, uh, mostly, uh, and so uh, uh, we got along okay. Uh, <laughs> Grandpa had a heavy accent. Uh, but um, so who was the first to get baptized into your family? Pardon? Who was the first to get baptized into your family? Uh, it was my grandfather. Okay. And uh, well, that's a good question. They, the two, Grandma and Grandpa, came to, came here from different locations in Holland, met here because there was a small group of Dutch people that would be you know, hooked together. Hmm. Uh, to be able to uh, work work through uh, the development of, of uh, uh, families and so forth. My grandfather was an artistic, no, bad word, he was an artisan. That is, he was so good with uh, making very fine woodwork things that he was under high degrammed, uh, high under demand. high uh, demand, thank you. Um, part of the um, uh, memories I have from him was when he uh, sculpt is not a good word when he artistically carved the Ogden uh, temple. Not, it, it, was it the door? It was the door. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, that door has stayed there. It, it was moved to the new hospital, the hospital, mm -hmm. uh, t t for the, what they call the, where all the big big people had, had meetings. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like a boardroom? Board, yeah, kind of like a boardroom. So it was fun to be able to go there and see my grandfathers, uh, and and even my grandkids, look at the uh, look at the uh, carving that was made in that structure. Hmm. So uh, it was uh, it was quite a good experience. So I ended up um, there. Uh, we got home from uh, a mission, uh, and because the war was uh, not. The war was not there, but the war was taking guys like me and saying, "Okay, you gotta, you gotta serve." Uh, so my role of serving was to become uh, uh, in the Air Force. Uh, well, I was the, in the Air Force, but it was a, 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 a weekend wonder. You've heard those. 
Yeah, we had we had training practice uh, once a, once a week, and spend time there, uh, and uh, I do remember coming home from. I had my mission. I was uh, looking for place uh, for uh, some place to get my pictures taken care of. And now it's your turn. What happened? What happened? What happened when I came to you? How did you meet me? Star. When? 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 When did you first meet me? My first remembering you. Uh huh. Well, I worked at F.W. Woolworths mm -hmm. in the uh, books and records, mm -hmm. and he came to get, what did you come to get? I had to get <laughs> a, anyway, a, 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 a booklet to put my, all my pictures in, because mm -hmm. it had fixed my a mission pictures. And what happened? Well, we had an acquaintance in common, and he knew my brother-in-law. Who had been on Holland a mission, and he was, had last just had heard of me, but, but he got it through long before I did. And then what? Then you asked me for a date, and I said, call me. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And I went home, and... Called my brother-in-law and checked him out, <laughs> and that's the beginning. So he passed. Thank goodness we're not ended yet. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> so, so we ended up. Uh, our first date uh, was at Lagoon. Uh, those days there was a dance hall. I don't know if you knew that. Your guys are too young. But there was a big da dance hall at Lagoon, and that was our first date. Uh, and uh, it worked out really well. So um, the next date, uh, can you remember the second date? I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> well, it wasn't quite as good she, as the first one. The, the first one, <laughs> I had to find out what she was like. I liked what she was. So we decided to go for, go for a hike, and and not only was it a hike, we climbed Mount Ogden, and that's a sizable mountain. And she worked with me up that, past the waterfall, and the whole bit. And I thought, wow, she's kind of neat, and she's also capable. It was really, anyway, we went around the waterfall behind and up and over, yeah, I'd been there before, but she hadn't, and uh, she 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 was she made it well. So when we got home, I dropped her off at her house, and uh, her mother said, "Oh no, you got to stay here for dinner." So she went in to help mother fix dinner while I met and spent time with father, uh, and so I was really getting acquainted with the family, <laughs> and. Uh, so that led to the, uh, the the two exciting dates, the, the lagoon date, and she wore a green taffeta sh sleeveless neat dress. 
<laughs> it's funny how the men all remember Martha what they were wearing. Alan in your mission. It was. Uh-huh. And that's how that's how you I accepted the date because he knew you. <laughs> Alan is the brother in law. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so that's the so from that point on then we we moved ahead and uh, uh, eventually uh, Got through uh, two years of two more years of, of uh, uh, BYU. Uh, got a degree in uh, 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 well, I got a master's there in counseling and guidance. So I was going to be a, a, a counselor uh, for the academic stuff. Uh, and the next, the next move was um, a, a move to. Uh, Michigan State, because I got a, uh, a, a chance, uh, to, uh, I got a scholarship to get a PhD from uh, Michigan State. And uh, uh, were you married at the we, time? Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. We 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 had the the first year uh, we were married uh, as I was finishing up my bachelor's. Okay. Then we uh, moved to uh, Michigan. And uh, got the PhD in Michigan. And we had a baby there, by the name of Lori, and she was our first. Um, and once I got the degree in uh, the PhD there, uh, I had an opportunity to come to Penn State. Uh, and uh, so I, it sounded kind of exciting and an opportunity to really set forth. Our, our activities there. In the meantime, while we were in Michigan, uh, we had two babies. Uh, and when we got to uh, uh, Penn State, uh, it was interesting. Uh, the small group of uh, LDS folks um, were having cha- uh, the, the services in the, the university buildings. We, we had an arrangement. Uh, as, as I arrived there, and there were a handful of other LDS folks at, at, at that point. By this time, I, I had my degree, and I was uh, fussing with quote, shrinking heads and, and helping uh, school people work through the challenges they're having rather than giving up on life, et cetera, et cetera. So it was, it was a counseling uh, kind of setting for me. Uh, but by the time we were there for about three to four months, um, <laughs> uh, we, the, uh, the, the fellow that was the branch president uh, graduated and he walked away and uh, the brethren then uh, came to visit and made me the branch president and so that point on uh, they said and oh by the way we're going to build a chapel because we were just having services in the university we're going to build a one-phase chapel and since you're the branch president uh, your job is to sort of mastermind the uh, requirements of finding a, a, a location 
and then <laughs> finding how many LDS kids were around that were going to be able to benefit from the services because the other young guy got his PhD and left, so then I, I took his bot. So she became really uh, a kind of a mother to two uh, uh, local Salt Lake family uh, came with their family to build the chapel. And two young men came too. They didn't go on missions, but they came to, to help build. And the two, the, the, the other folks, the family people, they, uh, they settled in. The church set them up. Uh, we had to find our own, but, but the church then said, by the way, can you house these two guys in your basement that you'd been uh, renting? So she became the mother <laughs> of two guys that were builders with the, uh, with the uh, builder here from Salt Lake. That's awesome. But what year would that have been, Daryl? Uh, oh, man. I, I, I'm not sure I can tell you right now. Uh, it was to the point where I was... I don't remember. I, you know, I got the BYU thing. Then, uh, then I got the Michigan, St Michigan State, and we got out there. Uh, I, I bet that I bet mid sixties. We we had we had two babies by the time we got there, uh, and it's probably uh, the mid sixties. And Lori was uh, was born. Uh, she's now she. Sixty-six. She's six. He's sixty-two. Somewhere in there. Uh, well, Jill Lair was born in probably sixty-five or sixty-six. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, what happened? We got uh, uh, we got two babies in Michigan, and then one Jill in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Yeah. And. Uh, and uh, Shirley became a major player, and I was the branch president, and we had a 10-hour commitment from every LDS person, in the, the, and they were all students. <laughs> we had probably 20 non-students, non and the rest of them were students. Uh, and our role was to uh, support the builders, and each each family member was to commit ten hours per week in building the, the assisting building the chapel. And uh, in the meantime, uh, we got pregnant with our third daughter, Jalair. And after the three years at Penn State had an opportunity to come to the University of Utah uh, in, in the uh, psych department. Uh, and, and so we packed up the babies, including this very, very small one, uh, really young, and came here uh, and had to find a place. We got down on Luetta Lane, which is just down 30, 39th. Uh, and in the meantime, uh, I had that time I had a, a, a job, uh, and 
uh, I started looking around for, okay, where can we, can we build someplace? Can we build a house? Uh, because it sounded like I had a pretty stable job. So I ended up contacting the same builder that was building the, the ch chapel in Pennsylvania. He and his family were back here, but he designed this house. Mm -hmm. He was the one that said, okay, uh, you can, you know, here's, here's an idea. And we liked it. And so, uh, <laughs> and then of course, we had to find a spot. Uh, and surely had raised his kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he probably got a favorable deal. Yes. <laughs> what we found out was that we, we found uh, Frank Richards, uh, Dave's uh, brother, who was kind of a wheeler dealer in the money uh, in terms of the, uh, the Richards uh, clan. And so I had to have some money because, oh, in a short, <laughs> prior to, we, we had that one year in, on Luetta Lane, but we, we said, you know, we need a home. We don't want to, <laughs> we don't want to, <laughs> she needs to read my lips. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, <That's> so good. <laughs> so so, we, so uh, we started looking at a place uh, 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 with spare time, and there was a guy over on Eastwood who was just finishing a home. And uh, things at that time were kind of tight in, in the economy. It just happened to be that he was looking for the next house to build. And we looked at his house that he was building, and he was f finishing it up. And, and he said, okay, I, I kind of sketched out a, well, a house that I kind of was interested in and said, uh, well, I, I, I got to get some money to do this. <laughs> he smiled and said, yeah, you do. Uh, and I went to Frank Richards, Dave Richards' brother. And Frank was more of a money wheeler dealer, not in the land as Dave was, but in the money in a different dimension. And Frank laughed at me and said, you got to be kidding. <laughs> I had $5,000 that I brought away from Penn State. That's all I had. And that <laughs> the builder that was with us back at State College scanned out and drew this house. And Frank Richards convinced, I, he and I, he convinced his peers that, that I had a regular job, but the builder ha had to help. So he took a second house on his house, his own house, mm -hmm. so that we could build this house, so he could have work. So this house was designed by the guy back in, in, in who lived in Salt Lake, who was back there with us building the chapel, designed this house. And we liked it. And the Richards folks were willing to sort of manipulate things around a little bit. And obviously it was, a, it was the best you could get in terms of 
furnishings, etc., etc. I remember my dad would come down from Ogden and uh, help me paint because we painted the whole thing ourselves. Uh, and that that's kind of where we were. In the meantime, I was teaching the the graduate students at the University of Utah. Was Jay and, born in this house? No. Oh yes, he was. He was I'm born sorry. in this yes, house. Yes, he was. Yeah. Okay. The the other two, uh, the other three were not. The three girls. Uh, uh, yeah, the three girls were not. Um, so that's kind of a rundown on how we got here. Uh, there was nothing but weeds in the back. There was no mm -hmm. chapel, uh, uh, but you know we we got along pretty well with with the folks that were in the neighborhood, uh, and we were just building. Marge Davis and this house were the first two, who, who were the, the second and the third. This one down here next to us is in the hole down deep. If you see, look at, see the driveway down. What happened was, it was Partridge was the uh, state president, and he had that house built mostly before the main elevation of the road was was identified, and as a result, we're on the regular quote plane, and that house is in the hole because the road had not been mm -hmm. solidified, if you will, or whatever you want to yeah. call it. So um, that's how we, uh, the, the builder had to have a job <laughs> and even took a, a loan out to, to be able to, but he figured. That's something else. Yeah, his comment was, hey, this kid's got a, a, a job at the university and I don't have another job to, 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 put, to put out together, so I'll take a loan on my house, wow. so I've got some work to do. So Daryl, tell us a little bit about your uh, spiritual journey in life. How did you, where did you get your testimony, um, how, and how has that changed over the years? Well, I suspect the mission was probably the beginning, really, of the, the testimony. Uh, yes, I went to church. Yes, uh, I, I got involved uh, at BYU uh, uh, with the activities at BYU. Uh, uh, the kids in the neighborhood when I was younger, uh, everybody went to church. Uh, we were in Ogden uh, at, the, at the North End, and uh, I found, um, uh, I, I guess I found meaning in the, in the parents' testimonies, primarily. Uh, I was an only child, my mother about died with me. So another one didn't come, and they didn't, uh, they didn't give a shot at that. Um, and so we were involved. Dad was, was in the state presidency for a long time. And uh, you just kind of live that life. And as a result, uh, the more you live the life, the stronger the testimony. Yeah. And uh, then you set yourself up for 
additional testimony, yeah. additional commitment, uh, and that's been very, very meaningful. What about Shirley's story of her testimony? Maybe you can help her with that. What do you, what do you think that happened in your life early on? What about the cabin? No, no, no. not that yet. What do you think in your life led you to stay uh, close to the church when you were growing up? Tell them just a little bit about your parents. Okay, who? The church when I was growing up? Uh-huh. Golly. My dad was in bishopric and different things, and my mother was the society president, and so I was, and my grandparents, one set of grandparents, my mother's parents were very active. My father's parents, semi. But interestingly enough, all of their children are active in the church to this day. So, I had the influence of the church in my life always. Yeah, I married a gal that was prepared to have a strong testimony. Uh, the family was solid. Uh, she had a, a, just one brother, sisters, but one brother, and he ended up uh, uh, having a, a long tenured uh, professorship at BYU. Mm. Uh, he was just one year younger than I. Uh, he passed away about four years ago. Uh, uh, partly, I think, because he became significantly uh, established in his career area, which, interestingly, was guidance and counseling. Uh, and he put, he put together the national uh, week of, of uh, all, all psych, educational psychology type, strength type people would get together in different locations every two years. Salt Lake and BYU was the heading this year. So her, her brother, uh, Ron, uh, was basically in charge of making that large nationwide uh, gathering. Uh, it was his responsibility to put that together. Unfortunately, uh, it was within a year after that, that his health broke. Mm. Uh, and another year or so, and he, he passed away, which is really sad, yeah. because I, I uh, great guy, uh, really a great guy. So, Shirley's family, it was very solid. Mm. Uh, yeah. So you get a solid family, you got a high probability of continuing on with a solid family. So yeah. how about this, Daryl? So you've uh, now, you know, lived 80-plus years, experienced a lot, raised a family in the gospel. What, what do you know now, after these 80-plus years of living the gospel, 
tell us tell us what it means to you and what you've learned from living the gospel. I guess I learned uh, the blessings that come from activities in the gospel. For example, uh, uh, being the branch president in State College in Pennsylvania, we got, we had lots of blessings and we were successful. Uh, I found, uh, you know, well, even, even on my mission, I found lots of opportunities to really uh, test this out. Uh, I had some, some advantages in some ways because uh, there were a lot of places in Holland where uh, there were little small gatherings and I happened to be able to play the piano and or the organ and so I became that was kind of a special blessing that I came came to I found uh, the I was able to go with my companion after I just been in the mission field probably four to six months uh, and my companion was a Dutch fellow that had immigrated over here who spoke excellent English almost without a, 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 an accent. And he went to the, with me, because I was his companion, to the Swiss Temple dedication. And that was a very meaningful experience to sort of see how the, the European challenges were experienced and what they had. And I guess I found opportunities to, to do things that were very meaningful for other people. Uh, and when you, when you get involved in that, your testimony gets stronger yep. because you got more responsibility and the more responsibility they have, the more blessings you get and the more direction you get uh, for the uh, for the assignments you have. Uh, you you know, were in the bishopric with Reed Fogg, yeah, weren't yeah. you? Uh, one of my most meaningful assignments in the church was the product of this. We had 20 Boy Scouts. We didn't go on any formal camp. We went into the mountains. And uh, I found probably so many neat activities that occurred during those three to five years as the scoutmaster Hmm. that uh, never once a formal camp, always in the mountains. Uh, and it was interesting, approximately two and a half to three years ago, my 21 scouts 
put together a gathering for me. <laughs> and we had it up at, uh, uh, by the hospital in the, some of the Quonsets that are up there, I can't remember. And uh, we had all the, the, of those 20, we had three people travel in from out of state. Wow. And, and uh, they gave me that. Mm. Oh. Uh, he's pointing to a uh, an eagle. An eagle that is a statue. Very dusty. Uh, it says, "With gratitude for Daryl Hart, from your troop, three thirty four scouts." Yeah. yeah. Wow! Isn't that something? That was so special. I mean, if if you ever <laughs> feel the the joy of seeing now grown men who have their own families and things pulled together. Four of them came in from out of state to just be with us. You made quite an Gary, impact what on that, those boys. Gary, Gary, what does that mean? Like, think, uh, just, uh, what does that tell you? You made quite an impact on those young men for them to do that. Yeah, it was, it was very, very meaningful. Uh, how, how many years were you Scoutmaster? I remember people uh, telling me about Daryl Hart I think when we moved in, uh, Mond had kind of taken over. Yeah. Uh, or, or maybe, or were you after Mond? Were some no, of those I was boys before Mond. Okay. Yeah, I was before Mond. Who were some yeah. of those boys? Uh, Dave Paul. Brains. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. uh, yeah. The, Danny Brains. Uh-huh, Danny Brains. The, the basketball player. One of the Shirley Nails boys. Uh-huh. David. David. Yep, yep. Uh, I'm... I'm uh, well, uh, D. Curtis was in the bishopric uh, for a while, and uh, he facilitated uh, <laughs> uh, ar arranging for uh, uh, us to stay at church while we were on the mountains, so we could have a, a, a full 14 days. Mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, we had a service up there, high in the UN. Uh, yeah, it was it was a very me meaningful period of time, and all the guys got eagles. Uh, and um, was that Leighton Aldridge, the bishop, or no. Garth Mangum? Uh, oh, that's it. I know D. Curtis was in the bishopric because mm. he came with us. Uh, he uh, he he left. Uh, Frank Richards w was with us. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other fellows. Uh, While you're thinking, I have to tell the listeners that it's so cute to see Shirley keep pulling your arm down so that she can see your your mouth to help read your lips. And she's done it how many times during this interview? She's been very patient. She yeah. doesn't smack you once. <laughs> hey, hey, I also want to tell the listeners that, that uh, you had a successful scout troop. You know, those boys looked up to you. But you didn't. You haven't met their kids, but they've raised an amazing family. Four kids. Four yeah. kids, all yeah. successful, wonderful yeah. kids, and yeah. all active in the gospel. And it's a wonderful family. 
And we you did something less. right. You must have. Well, can, we can had some spirits that decided to choose us, I yeah, guess. So, that's <laughs> so, the best um, way. So if, if you inter yeah, we have been blessed. We've, we've, uh, they're, they're all, uh, they're amazing all, kids. All, all of them have been the bishopric in a bishopric along the way. Uh, they've got uh, great, great families. Uh, we, it's been a blessing. Daryl, could you ask Shirley what she thinks maybe helped? I, I know she played a big role in that, in these kids, but we've got a lot of young families in our ward that will listen to this, and they'd like to hear some advice on raising a successful family. Like yes, did. please. What, can you ask Shirley if she... What she feels was uh, uh, some of the important things. What are things? some of the things that you enjoyed that you you worked in the, in the church with? In other words, you were. Uh, uh, things I have enjoyed church wise. Uh huh. No more Definitely. more about your children. Well, how did how did she help make them so successful? in raising kids. What advice would yeah. you have for other families? <laughs> okay, you've got some successful kids. What are some guidance? I What, for four years? <laughs> no, you have some <laughs> successful children. You know, all four of our kids are very close to the church, all responsible in... What haven't I? How did you do it? How did you do it? How did you do it? How did you raise those kids? Well. I do well all the time, don't I? Yeah, but they want to they, they know, what did you do to make those kids, our kids, and some of the neighbor kids... Not do, know my church callings and things. Well, yeah, but I, I want... How come they get along so well? How come you did so well with the kids? Even... Some of the things I did, what? Well, <laughs> the kids. Why did you raise good kids? What did you do to get raise my kids? Uh huh. Spank. <laughs> so that's the secret. <laughs> what did you we say? We were blessed Spank. with good kids. Oh, yeah. we really were blessed with having wonderful children, and they were not hard to raise, were they? No, we no, we really didn't have any wormy ones. That was a blessing. Hmm. Uh, if you if, none of them gave us trouble. We don't know if the spirits Just above. Just the ordinary, uh, you know. <laughs> but you all, you all knew our kids, didn't you? I know we you did. did. Yeah. And probably taught them. I had Jay a bit. Yeah. yeah. I had Jay a bit. Yeah. yeah well, you know, another thing that Daryl did was uh, there were several of us families in the ward that were raising young men and uh, he helped coach us and how to how to train up young men to become good men and uh, that was a, we even had some sessions together where you taught us yeah it was really interesting uh, there for at least one year if not two we kind of sidestepped some of the traditional sunday school experience and we we worked on how to manage and how to be good parents. And we had a, a lot of involvement. Uh, I know that we, uh, <laughs> the, the, the old high priests did their own thing. 
but it was the young young folks raising yeah. kids that we we we, we sat in that that uh, big office room of the church with the big table around it yeah. and uh, just just talked about how to deal with your kids. So Daryl, we're, we're out of time, but I want to I wanna end with one question. One you got thing, one, Tom? One Go thing ahead. we have to have Daryl tell us about was uh, when you had cancer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> you remember when you had cancer several years ago? Well, had and you what? You had cancer several years oh, yes. ago, and there was a time that you had to make a decision whether or not you would have treatment or just let nature take its course. And you made a decision to not have the treatment. And yeah. uh, maybe you could just tell us how, how that worked out for you and how you made that decision. Okay. Uh, in April, and I don't know how come I came in an April, I came down with leukemia. Uh, and uh, within a, a day of uh, analyzing, they ended up just shuttling me up to the uh, uh, hospital. Uh, not not the big one, but the, the LDS hospital in, in, on the boulevards. Boulevards, uh, not that. The avenues. The avenues, thank you. Uh, and. Uh, uh, it was interesting. Uh, I was the only one there that asked for and got a bicycle. And I was the only one there, and the room was large. There were probably uh, eight to ten beds separated by about this much di difference between them. And uh, I was determined that, that I would do the best I could to, to, to get through this thing. I was the only one that, that would ride a bicycle. Mm. Uh, and the only one that did a variety of other physical activities which made a difference. And then we got great ward support. I had a lot of ward members, you know, that would come and visit with us. Uh, and um, uh, I know that Dwayne Bladder made a, a comment at one point, a crisis point in my physical condition uh, that, that basically Dwayne said, he's slipping. Uh, three of our kids were there, Shirley was there. And it was, I don't know what it was that pulled me out of it, but basically uh, I survived that, that evening. And I'm not sure how blessed, why I got blessed so well, but I came out of it. And from that point on, it started to get better and get better to the point where the physician in charge, there were four, do four doctors dealing with this kind of a, an arrangement. Uh, and the statement was, uh, okay, now you've got it under control. We want you to go to the next stage to get a secondary support just in case. Uh, and the fourth of the four doctors that were over this group 
<laughs> she was about uh, five foot two and very rolly, but uh, paid a lot of attention to my progress. And I was the only one of that group that had a bicycle because I wanted to ride a bicycle. And they provided that. Well, when, when supposedly I was okay at this point, but I should go on to the next step, she pulled me aside and said, you don't want to do this. Get out of here and live like hell till you die, was the statement. And she said, you've done the things that most others don't do. You've walked the floors, you've done all this stuff. She said, he's just gonna put you into another treatment mode and you don't know what's really gonna happen there. And so I left that and walked away and I was, I was fine. I had continued on, I got, got healthy again. You know, I had to, to, to do a variety of uh, activities to get there. But I do remember uh, right after that, I got called to be... Uh, Daryl, just back up a second, because you, had, you were facing a decision to have a bone marrow transplant or not. Yes. And you made a decision not to. Yeah. You remember that so well. Yeah. How neat you could remember that. Uh, yeah, and, and again, the 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 chubby nurse, the chubby doctor. Uh, I I still think on how great that was, and so uh, after I got out, uh, by that time, uh, I was through with my uh, part-time job at the at the Spine Institute where I was, you know, had been working for 20 years uh, and at Tosh. Uh, and um, the next call was to uh, become one of the second guy, another fellow that was a year older than me that I had known for years uh, had uh, he'd gone on a mission and he'd come back and he had uh, he was given the assignment to figure out how to evaluate missionary applicants. It used to be they would fill out a document and then they would be assigned. Uh, and the, the transition to, oh, Let's take a look at their, their records, and if there's any red flags, let's have the guys or the... So I, my, my doctor's degree, and Gary, his doctor's degree, and one other fellow, we were the first ones to, to evaluate all of the red flags before they were called to go on a mission. Hmm. So I spent three days a week in, in the mission home, not, not mission home, at the uh, yeah, church, church office. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, evaluating the missionary applicants and saying, uh, this is a red flag, let's go get more information. Uh, oh, this was no fine. And yeah. this was the, we were the beginning, he and I were the first two hmm. that started that process of evaluating 
yeah. rather than just reading the papers and letting them go. That's awesome. I know you want to wrap this up, Tyler. I just want to personally thank you, Daryl and Shirley, for all you've done for not only our family, but a lot of other families that are no longer in the ward. And uh, we'll be forever grateful for all that you did. Well, Appreciate thank you. It. You're very kind. We love you, too. What a neat opportunity for us to, to sort of share our life with yeah. you. And, and everybody in the ward gets to hear your story now. And I'm going to leave with one last question. Okay. Um, in a hundred years from now, long after we're all gone, what do you want your great, 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 great grandkids that have never met you, what do you want them? They could be listening to this very interview. What do you want them to know about you and Shirley? I would like them to know that they need to be wise in their associations. The friends they develop are significant for establishing permanent relationships that have within their spirits commitments to the gospel. Uh, as I look at the Boy Scouts of my history, most of them are still very tied closely. And I would say that they need to search for the qualities that lead to uh, personal growth and spiritual growth, where they can get reinforcement from the good things they do, so they'll continue to do them. I love that. What do you think Shirley would want them to know? No, you answer for her. Okay. You know her best. Well, Shirley would, would be very committed to uh, first, the children that she would be given to raise, those spirits, and she would get them to church and committed so that the, the, the strength within the soul would support quality activities and reinforce their settings so that they too would be able to have the kind of commitments we have now to the gospel and as we're experiencing at this point right now. Love it. Thank you so much. This has been a fantastic uh, uh, interview, and uh, we've learned so much. I've learned so much. I can certainly feel the spirit right now. Oh, thank you. And, uh, thank you. It, it's a neat opportunity. I appreciate that. You betcha.